At 4ZZZ we acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which we broadcast. We pay our respects to the elders past, present and emerging of the Turbul and Jagera people. We acknowledge that their sovereignty over this land was never ceded. And we stand in solidarity with them. That's right, you're on Workers' Power here on 4 Z. Uh, I'm Bill. And I'm Jackson, once again. Yeah, and uh, yes, so uh, thanks to Arcart and uh, um, also thanks to uh, Zedlines for bringing us up to date with the news. Funny to, uh, that that Women's Network logo's made the news. Did you hear that? Oh, yeah, what's that? Oh, the, right, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah they've, they've canned it. Oh, yeah. So, you know, which is... Fair enough. Yeah. <sighs> Uh, look, look let, let's know. I'm sure many other journalists will be going there, so we we, we don't have to, you know. So, mm. uh, okay. So today on today's show, we've got, got a couple of good stories lined up, especially in around the uh, First Nations workers' action. Um, that's in our first hour, and then in our second hour, we've got a bit of a treat. Uh, well, for us, oh, for, for the listener at home as well. Um, we've got uh, Lars Quaker phoning in from uh, the other side of the continent um, to um, talk about uh, their exciting tour uh, that's coming up in April. Um, so we we don't have many musical interviews, but no, when we, we do... So why don't you give us an introduction into like who Lars Quaker are, what kind of music they make? Well, Lars Quaker, are, well, they're a punk band from WA and uh, they're into, um, yeah... A, a, a rock and roll, a punk rock, but uh, you know they've got a, um, a a story to tell, and they're they're activists. They they stand up and uh, fight back, and uh, yeah, they do it through through act through art versus activism, or or punk in politics. Yeah, they they make a lot of very political, very awesome songs, which you've definitely heard many times on this show before, if you listen to this show, and you'll be hearing many times over the course of this particular show as well. Yeah, well, I've got one uh, of them uh, lined up also, because they're touring with Plaster of Paris. Oh, yeah. Who we played a lot here on Workers' Power as well. Um, so uh, we've got some of their, their track lined up. Maybe I should try and organise an interview with them as well, I think. That would be wonderful. So, mm. um, But uh, we'll hear all about it from uh, the comrades from um, Last Quaker in our second hour. Um, so, yeah, really looking forward to that. Um, it's good uh, that that uh, combination of art, art, and activism. It's uh, we like to promote fascist killing machines here on a Workers' Power on Triple Z. <laughs> okay, let's get get into um, some some workers' action. And first off, there's uh, First Nations uh, workers' action. So, out at Dubbing Creek, there's an orange alert out there at the moment. So mm. it's not a red alert, but it's an orange alert, and there are they're wanting people. To, to share it round that there is an orange alert. So Dibbing Creek protectors have been informed that the desecration of the land is imminent. They need uh, people, they need your help now. They need people on site. 
Now, the address is 144 Grampian Drive, Deeming Heights, which is ap- approximately 30 minutes uh, from the engine. If you can get to, s- to the site in the event of a red alert, please send uh, their Facebook page. So that's at uh, Facebook. It's Deeming Creek Justice. So that's Deeming Creek Justice on Facebook. A message with your contact details so they can reach out when necessary. This could be very soon. The most important thing they need from supporters right now is for people to come to camp. There is a visitor's camp, sheltered from the elements, where you are welcome to set up. Please bring your own bed slash bedding and water if you plan to stay. There are a few beds available if BYO is not an option. And they thank all for the support over the last two years and for ongoing commitment to justice. Yeah, I I wouldn't expect things to be heating up at Deepin Creek. It's been quiet for, like, years now. Well, yeah, there's there's things afoot uh, and, um, you know, A.V. Jennings are are putting pressure on uh, bureaucrats to move things along. Hmm. All right, so the the protectors have heard of that, and uh, and they're um they're just getting ready, so they're getting communication trees. So uh, you, the old there's some old school organising happening in it, uh, oh, yeah. as in you know get, share your uh, phone number with uh, their Facebook page, Deebing Creek Justice. So facebook.com forward slash Deebing Creek Justice. Um, and uh, you'll get a call. Um, yeah, if there's ever a red alert, like yeah. they start attacking the well, site, you can get there to defend it. Yeah, when the removalists arrive and things like that. So um, it's beautiful out there since all the rain, you know, and uh, the gardens are going nuts, um, as most gardens would be in southeast Queensland. So it's uh, it's quite lovely out there because of all the rain that we've had recently. It's oh, very, yeah. very green. Very, very green. Uh, and now... I'm going to talk a bit more about uh, some First Nations workers' action. Uh, oh, Clipso has stepped into the studio to join me for this conversation. What's up, comrades? Uh, so, um, of course, for First Nations workers' action, we've got um, the big news of this week is that Zachary Rolf, who murdered uh, Uendamu man Kumanjai Walker in his own home um, has been found not guilty for all counts which shame it's not unexpected because we live in a society built on the police murder of black people and that has and and we've not changed that yet this is still the same society and black people are still getting killed by police officers and not facing justice for it. Because um, the cops can do what they want. Yeah. And there's been 500 deaths since the Royal Commission into the deaths. Mm. I remember when and that number was changed. 400. And, and that is just death in custody as well. This wasn't yeah. a death in custody. This was just a police murder of a black person. They can just go into your home and kill you. And then face no consequences because they're cops and they can do what they want. Yeah, and I believe this was similar to the recent uh, police murder in the United States, which was happened during a no knock raid. I believe this was also um, a no knock raid as well, uh, at least according to what Sam Watson said during 
their speech, um, at which we're going to be playing uh, soon. Because so there was a Southeast Queensland Union of Renters rally uh, last week, uh, and it was happening around at pretty much the same time that the verdict of this court case was announced. So Sam Watson, who was attending the rally, took the mic and gave a speech about what happened, um, and we are going to play that here. And I'm really glad that I'm here, because an hour ago, Zachary Rolfe, the cop who shot Kumanjai Walker in his own home, was acquitted of all charges of murder, manslaughter, and excess use of power. All charges! What the fuck? Shame! He went into someone's home and he shot them in their bed, in their fucking bed, and a jury acquitted them. There were experts in that trial who said that the officers weren't at risk of injury because what Kumanjai had in his hand were a pair of scissors that he had grabbed from the bedroom when the cops busted into his house without announcing themselves. They shot him in his own fucking bed, and the cops were acquitted. Shame! And I don't want to speculate about what the circumstances of Kumanjai living in that, being in that house were. Um, he was in a family member's house. I don't want to speculate about what could have been different, but something that I know is that when people have safe, secure, fair housing, where they can stay in their own place, then they don't have to be out on the street. They don't have to be harassed by cops. They don't have to scratch to make a living, you know, doing things that are supposedly illegal to make ends meet. They have a safe place to live. They don't end up in the system, cycling through it for being poor. So I'm, I'm fucking glad that I was here today, but I wanted to get up and talk about Kumanjai Walker and Zachary Rolfe and tell you, remind you all that it's not only real estate agents who have names, it's not only real estate agents who have places where they conduct business, it is this whole system. It is every cop who has murdered a person and every cop who has killed someone has murdered a person. Every cop. It is every judge who has accepted um, bullshit evidence um, and dismissed uh, things that experts are saying about whether police were a danger and it's every person who upholds this fucking system. It is every person. So keep doing what you're doing and don't forget that renters, renters justice is not an isolated phenomenon. Um, renters justice is justice for Aboriginal people, it's justice for homeless people, it's justice for disabled people, it's justice for women. Um, and the only reason that things happen, like people being kicked out of their homes um, and people being murdered by police, is because this system allows it to happen. This system needs it to happen to function the way that it does. So we need to look past just little real estate and just uh, Zachary Ralph, and we need to look at that in the context of this system as a whole. Thanks. And thanks to uh, uh, Sam there. Um, geez, he's, he's becoming a really good orator. They are. Uh, yeah. 
Um, I particularly liked what they had to say about how it goes beyond just Zachary Rolfe and it's about the whole system because it's not just one cop and it's not just one bad apple, it's every cop. Yes, yes, and um, we, we've got more on that. But uh, also, there's a cor- there was a correction that, that you wanted to uh, highlight. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, this was just a correction from Sam on the secure f- uh, Facebook page that the third charge were, uh, that Rolf was acquitted of was a violent act causing death, not excessive use of force, as they said in the speech. All right, eh? Right, eh? Well, I, I've got. I, I thought it'd be a bit tough. I think we've gone far enough. Uh, um, it's uh, it's good that it's been reported into mainstream um, media because um, when you think over the last two years, you know, we're um, I'm not you know beating my own chest. I'm just trying to highlight a point here that that we we've been one of the only news sources that that has kept everyone up to date on this, and we've tried to keep an eye on this. But it's uh, it's good that it's it's out there into the mainstream, and that people are starting to. Uh, see that um yeah that uh, uh, you know um first nations people are being killed by coppers this could have been the first conviction yeah but it wasn't so we're still at zero yeah as a total of zero convictions for now 500 deaths yes yeah it's uh very very um, we can't even get one distressing yeah we can't even get one and come and joe walker was a child yeah <laughs> Yeah. Not even an adult yet. How horrific is that? The cops will come in while your children are sleeping and kill them. Okay, we've got a. Uh, there's another um, story that I, I wanted to tell now. I wanted to talk to you uh, about, and that's uh, um, down down at the um, the floods, uh, like uh, at the far north uh, of New South Wales, or uh, what it, it should be more known as a Bunjalong. Um, country, and we've got a, um, a a good story here from uh, it, 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 here in Lismore. All right, so there's the oh, yeah. the Courier Mail, and we talked uh, talked about this in previous weeks, and uh, they're a great source of uh, um, news. They're a, uh, the voice of Indigenous Australian. It's and to be clear, that's Courier Mail, like K O O R I, not Courier. Yeah, yeah. Cour- oh, I thought you were saying Courier Mail, like Courier Mail. Yeah, no, no, no yeah, no. yeah. I hope I'm not. <laughs> I hope I'm, uh, you know, I'm doing it. Curry, mail, curry, yeah, yeah. So it's a, it's a fortnightly national Indigenous newspaper, hundred percent Aboriginal owned and a hundred percent self-funding, um, and uh, so they're right there in the thick of it down in Lismore. Now, what happened is uh, they, 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 they. they you, you know, you know, they've got networks and and, and press r- links and and stuff like that. So they started um, organising the the relief effort, and they've become they 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 not only were they affected, but they they realised that the community needs a a, a, a pivot point or a, a somewhere central um, for the relief that's coming in because there's a lot, a lot of people that want to help, a lot of people that need help, and um, to coordinate that is some hard yakka comrades you know so uh, making sure it goes to the right place and uh they've stepped up to the plate and they've been um so they've they've been doing stuff uh, uh, like if you scroll through their uh social media which is facebook.com forward slash curry mail k-o-o-r-i-m-a-i-l so they've they've got services australia down there 
doing um, uh, you, you know like a, they've got a, a pop-up office of uh, Services Australia so workers can get links to the, the, the flood money and oh, yeah. any assistance. That's fantastic. Yep, so, so they've had that. They've had doctors down there, you oh, know. Awesome. Yeah, checking on people's well-being. Um, they're, they've had, they're doing fundraisers. They've had music gigs and things like that to provide relief. And, uh, you know, they've got um, business that are in helping out, making donations, and then they're getting on, getting them on to uh, people in Lismore that need it, especially in and around Cabbage Tree Island, which was um, flooded up and, and, and cut off from, from uh, the community. And that's a, it's a, it's a First Nations um, town, so to speak, that a, a large population of First Nations people living there. So local business, even a company like Tweed Bait, I'll give one a shout out, we'll give one business a shout out. <laughs> Tweed Bait, they make bait for, for fishing and that. They've been supplying them with ice, which mm, in times like this, preserved. yeah, to keep, keep... No power. Yeah, there's no power and things like that, so... Um, yeah, they've been rallying the community, so, um, you know, like, and coordinating volunteers, you know, like, um, you know, asking for volunteers to come down and then, and then say, you know, letting them know, oh, you can go and help out there, it'd be really, really appreciated. Um, so, yeah, there's, there's been a huge coordination effort, and, um, so, uh, I just wanted to shout out, and, and, and I thought thought you guys would like the story as well, you comrades, yeah, you fantastic. know, and it's, it's the it's the community looking out for each other, calling out for extension cords, torches, batteries, lights, vinegar and bicarb soda, that's yeah. something, you know. Meanwhile, you know, where was Scott Morrison in all of this, when he went to visit Lismore, mysteriously there was no film crew, oh. supposedly. Yeah. <laughs> Hard to imagine Scott Morrison without going anywhere without a film crew. <laughs> yeah, so uh, good on them. Yeah, and we we can't rely on the government to help us no. in this natural disaster. They've completely let us down. So we've got to rely on each other to help ourselves, and that's exactly what this community is doing. That's it. And uh, there's a, there's a bit of a post they've got up here with with the short quote, a call to arms, if you will. So they got up, they stood up, and they showed up. You know, that's that's what they've been doing out there, um, you know, helping their community. So um, it's always good to hear about this. So uh, if you want to assist them, they are um, they're, they're calling for, for flood relief. Uh, uh, t- there's a text line. So um, and, and uh, if you want to, if you need help, you, know, you can get in, in, in and they'll help you. Uh, but also, I'm sure there's somewhere on here that you could donate. Uh, but anyhow, get in there and um, check it all out at uh, facebook.com forward slash couriermail, K-O-O-R-I-M-A-I-L. Great stuff. I'm glad we got to fit that story in. It's um, it's a it's a good one, and uh, I've been watching that. Uh, it's like a First Nations community um, newspaper, and we all uh, we love community news, and that's what we're a big part of here on uh, Work. We need Power more. Culture. Yeah, that's right. More reliable news sources that's, from the community, not just whatever Matt Murdoch tells us. Yeah, yeah. Independent news story, news sources that are part of the community they're reporting on. Yeah. Okay, we've got a, a couple of um, uh, workers' action uh, to go over. Uh, let's do the secure one first. Can 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 you do that one? That that 
That sounds like a bit of fun. Sure thing. So this is a post from the Secure Facebook page. Last Friday, your local tenants union mobilised outside of Little Real Estate in Spring Hill to demand that Little repay our member what they're owed, or our disruption will continue. Since they started the Little Real Estate Big, um, big Mistake campaign last year, Little Real Estate have shut their offices, office for entire days, stopping, stopped answering phones for up to a week at a time, employed a security guard at their front door, and called the cops on picketers outside their open houses and offices. They must, this must have cost them thousands of dollars already. It would be much cheaper to just repay our member what they're owed. They owe, secure, they owe secure members thousands of dollars because they removed their bathroom, made their home unlivable, and left it like that for months. Little, it's time to pay up before this get wor- gets worse. As Secure rallied outside Little office here in Brisbane, tenants with Mutiny Black Flag Sydney in S- Sydney and Renters and Housing Union in Melbourne rallied outside the Little offices in their communities and were just getting started. They will pay, we will win. Renters are used to losing. They all have stories of fighting for the basics and losing. Losing bonds, losing bathrooms, losing homes. The laws are stacked against us renters as individuals and in favour of the rich and powerful. When we fight landlords and real estate agents alone, we lose. When we pull our power and struggle collectively, we win. Good on him. Yeah, so the uh, the campaign against little real estate uh, for, and it's it started for this member who was just left without a bathroom for months, as they said, and I and it's like expanded a bit. Like the, the people groups in Sydney and Vic Melbourne are joining the fight against little real estate to hold them accountable for the terrible treatment of renters that they do. Yeah, and during the time that their bathroom was completely unusable where were they going to stay right because you can't stay somewhere that doesn't have a bathroom Mm. so they were forced to rent hotel rooms during this time so they were still paying rent on top of having to pay for hotel rooms while their home was unlivable and while the bathroom was quote-unquote being fixed it's just not good enough you that, know, they get, they're, so they're getting away with it. So they've they've had to pay rent for a place that was unlivable, which is a crime in itself. Uh, and then on top of that, they had to pay extra money because their bathroom was unlivable. So, like they they they're really being put in the red here by the real estate agent, and the real estate agent needs to reimburse them the rent and also the extra finances that like this person had to pay because they couldn't stay in their home that they were renting. Too right. And, uh, yeah, good little crowd that was out there. So, um, and, and it's going... Uh, well, it's only East Coast for now, but uh, it's, it's, uh, it's spreading into Sydney and down into Melbourne as well. Yeah, it's becoming a, a bit of a national campaign to hold real, little real estate accountable. And I th- I th- they're going to win. I, is my is my bet there? They're going to beat little real estate into submission and prove the strength that when we of when what we have when we stand together as poor people and renters in the society. If we stand together, we can fight back and we can win and get what we deserve. Too right. Now, I just want to add one thing. I've seen some of the photos and and um, uh, the the video shoot of uh, of of the rally. I wasn't able to attend, 
But did you see how fantastic they looked in all those shirts? Oh, yeah, Secure got the new shirts. Secure <laughs> got the shirts. Now, we helped them with that, so I was feeling pretty good about that and, <laughs> and that fundraiser that we did. So uh, seeing them all look... look all solidarity oozing out of them with all in the same it's a fantastic sight yeah yeah so uh yeah it was it was it was good to see that so uh we'll we'll have to see if we can purchase one oh yeah i think i think we could chuck i can chuck in another 20 bucks and see if i can get a shirt um yeah just uh in solidarity okay well that's uh yeah good little story hope they keep up the campaign um you know we'd love to uh hear of them uh, uh, uh reporting a victory i can see a non-disclosure agreement co- confidentiality agreement and and a bit of money uh, sent to the tenants but hey if that's w- w- the way it happens that's the way it happens as long as those tenants uh, are looked after but uh it'll be good to hear a, a big public victory happening at down uh, um with littles because look the littles they're oh, not well, going to give up yeah you're no secure wins when they stop fighting against that that's right they stop fighting the better win okay uh we got we've got time to squeeze in another story before we go to a track before headlines and this one I, i've just um it's from the CFMEU, um, the the Queensland uh, division, and they did a, a um, the construction division. I'm sorry, they did a press release yesterday in regards to Condev, which the title goes: Condev only has itself to blame. Greed and mismanagement are the root cause of building company Condev's financial collapse. Not some mythical perfect storm of bad luck. A combination of underbidding on jobs, poor project management and quality control meant Condev has long been a collapse waiting to happen, according to CFMEU State Secretary Michael Ravdar. Condev has only itself to blame, Mr Ravdar said. This is a builder that has been driving prices, margin margins and build quality down across the industry in a reckless bid to build market share. Other more reputable builders have looked on aghast at Condev's unrealistic pricing and timelines when tendering for work, knowing the company is purely chasing volume at the expense of everything else. Condev's business model is basically a race to the bottom, and as a second-rate builders like this try to buy market share, all they do is damage the rest of the industry. Mr. Ravbar said Condev was losing money and had a reputation for cutting corners on safety and quality long before COVID-19 Omicron wave and the recent flooding. Even when they did return a profit, their margin was about 0.3% on turnover of $175 million, which leaves absolutely no margin forever. Error, he said. Condev has long been a collapse waiting to happen and as we have seen with the pro-build implosion, it is certainly not the only one in the industry where greed and the growth at all costs model have has been laying the foundations for future disaster. Absolutely, and who's going to be paying the price here? It's going to be the workers. That's right, the workers. Um, unless the union has anything to say about it, I guess. You're right. Too right. Well, they they've been campaigning a bit, and they, they, this is where these 
look, uh, uh, we call a spade a spade here on Workers' Power, especially myself. And what, what these building companies do is they set themselves up um, you know, paper shelf company. I'm not sure if Condev is in this, uh, uh, but uh, the the the, the pro build and and things like that. And uh, in the first couple of years, they pay themselves all these great um, bonuses for getting the contract and stuff like that. So they pay them a heap of money in the first few years. And then, then in the last few years, it goes broke and belly up and they, they can't pay subcontractors and workers and things like that, you know. But uh, they had plenty of money in the first couple of years to pay themselves. So they're basically just ex- extracting wealth from the community. Yeah, yeah it's just a big scam. Yeah, or I it, guess it, a con, con, con. Yeah, con, oh great! You <laughs> like that here? Uh, I'll admit I stole that from the comments of that CFM here. Oh, good work, good work. <laughs> Well, good on them. Uh, look, look th- th- these are all the types of things that uh, unions have to stand up to to the bosses and, and let them know that it's not good enough because, as, as you said, Calypso, it's the workers that end up paying for this. Condev? More like Condev. <laughs> yes, yes. Now we've got... Uh, Trent on the line from Last Quack. Are you there, Trent? I am, yeah. Good morning. How are you going? Good morning, Trent. Good morning. <laughs> All right, we, we've got... Uh, so it's nice and early on there. So first up, thanks for waking up early for us. No, no worries. I'm uh, currently in quarantine with COVID, so I don't really have much on my uh, agenda um, other than, you know, get up early, have coffee, watch the sunrise from this beautiful nine ninth-story apartment I'm in, and, um, yeah, happy to have a yarn with you guys and, and get up for it. I've got not much else to do other than that and Mario Kart, so... <laughs> All right. Well, we're, we're, we're <laughs> glad we give you a break from Mario Kart. So, so yeah. for, for the um, listeners at the home who have just heard our last quaker for the very first time, just uh, as we played it, could you could you tell us about... Could you tell them about Last Quaker? Yeah, so, um, look, we're... Um, I guess, I don't know what, what we describe us as. Uh, I think I've heard us describe recently as raucous, fast pub rock, and uh, I think that's maybe an, uh, a, a sound or a descriptor I like to go by as well. Um, we are a five-piece. We were once a four-piece, um, and we really like to make music that, um, I guess, like challenges um, power structures and is inherently political and um, gets people thinking. Um, don't mind it being a little bit in, in your face with our political views and ideas because I think it's fun to agitate. 100%. Um, the yeah, first we, we, song I ever heard of Last Croakers was the the Justice System song, which has that big rant in the middle. Ah, yeah. Yeah, that, that song's a, a, quite a dear song to me. So I wrote the lyrics to that song after working within the prison system, uh, within a medium security women's prison for a year and a half, trying to provide... Um, like support inside um, the Department of Justice, which is really hard to do when you've got screws walking around in uniforms and um, just so many power structures set up for those people to fail. I really like saw that even you know trying to trying to work from the inside to, to agitate some kind of change in there to treat these women properly and, and with with rights and with respect was um, it was almost impossible. So you know after a year and a half of, of trying to to make that system um, support people and provide you know love and care for people i uh, just had to had to walk out with so you've a, seen the brutality uh, firsthand 
Yeah, yeah, and there was there was insane brutality. You know, like the the prison officer's first response to any kind of issue is is aggression. It's um, use of power, and that always just causes like always causes the women to feel either more oppressed or more powerless, and then that reinforces some of the behaviour they had to protect themselves. And um, you know, I'll never forget going into a code red where there was one of the women kicking off in the cell and um and i saw the way she was being treated not violently by officers and i walked over and validated what she said in, in a minute i just validated her feelings and sat down with her and she completely de-escalated in the moment and had a really good conversation with her about where she was at and and all it took was yeah 30 second um, validation and you know a cup of coffee with me to de-escalate her but they'd been trying for a long time using violent tactics and um, that's just the way the system is. It, it, it is a, a power structure within a lot of other power structures that um, are designed to oppress and keep people sick. So, um, yeah, it was quite traumatic even as, as a worker, you know, witnessing this, you know. Um, I think 80 to 85% of people with drug and alcohol addictions have survived PTSD or have survived trauma and have trauma impact on the brain. And I was working exclusively with people in prison with drug addiction and um, to further take away the power of somebody with trauma and to further oppress people with like a trauma background is just dangerous and does so much harm and uh, it was just sad to see that so so yeah, politics has always been like from. a really important part of your life then yeah it, it has been i was i was the weird the weird kid in high school hanging handing out brochures and wearing certain armbands to school um you know listening to punk rock and um you know just like yeah, that's always been part of who I am. And, and as a band, it's part of who we all are as well, you know. Um, I don't know if... I, I think it's really important to live a responsible life. And if you're not living a political life, I don't know if you're living a responsible life either because kind of leaning in, you know, as a, as a cis white man, you're not living a political life, it's living a life of privilege. And, um, yeah, it's always been important to, to all of us in the band to, to question and um, to live politically. Well said. Right, and uh, we, we would rate you as a, a band that doesn't step back when you come forward, and your lyric con- content represents that. Can you talk more about your, your links between art and activism? Yeah, um, it's a really great question and gets me reflecting a lot on the, the famous um, existentialist Viktor Frankl, um, who you know famously survived Auschwitz. Um, he was in there for an extremely long time. Because he, you know, he came up with the belief that you know these people can take away everything from me. They take away my family, my job, my home, my freedom, my lifestyle. But I can never take away um, the freedom I have to choose my attitude in any given moment. Uh, and that that really like it says a lot to me about you know art as well. Because I think art is an extension of our attitude, and um, that's why art has been you know prevalent through all political movements, um, all revolutions and, and all forms of activism forever. It's because um, sometimes our freedom to do other things is stripped from us by power structures. And um, when we can choose our attitude and choose our art, um, we always have some freedom um, and that can't be taken away from us. So um, I think that's a real important yeah, link between those two things. For us, you know, being free to express um, ourselves politically is is probably the primary function of our art and I think it should be for, for most artists out there. Right on. And, and and other than, you know, your banging tunes and lyrics based on class struggle, 
Well, another thing that really attracted us here at Workers' Power um, to your band uh, was that you made a stand against a venue that was not a safe space. Can you can you tell us why it is important for bands like yourselves to make a stand like this? Yeah, yeah. I believe at the time, and our, and our lineup has changed then, but at the time, I think we were all male punk band. Um, and I think, like you know, the the space the space that um, is in question was unsafe to non-binary people and, and women as well. And and, and one of the um, people associated, one of the owners of that venue, had um, you know had some had a pretty shady checkered history. And um, I think it's important to to act in solidarity uh, at all times. And and you know, this this person made um, a lot of people feel unsafe. And um, I think, like when we look at power structures, you know. Um, I think patriarchy is probably the biggest um, human rights issue in the world. Um, so we we need to to act in solidarity with people that are victims or survivors or resistors of, of um, people like this. And, and I, I think, like at the very least, making a public stand or a public statement on these things gets conversation happening, which is kind of what we need. We need to challenge the norms, and you know. Um, the music scene and art scenes have not been a safe space traditionally for, for women and non-binary folk for, for a very, very, very long time. And, and without action from allies and um, people who care and people who care about human rights, we're not going to get very far. Uh, and I think it's important. That's why it's important kind of for us to, to make a stand and, and have a say on these things. 100%. And uh, this attitude towards wanting to make the music scene and the punk scene safe for everyone, uh, I may have uh, detected a little bit of that in your lyrics in the song Privilege. Uh, <laughs> a fantastic line where it's, I go to the club and no one grabs my ass, so I don't understand. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, funny, the funny thing about that song is, like, uh, I don't know, this is a hell roundabout story, but... There's a, um, I live in a place called Fremantle and there's a uh, Facebook group called Frio Massive and I think Frio is like a melting pot of like weird, rich, like kind of neoliberals and like, like, like those kind of like left-wing yuppie hippies. Um, and then Toughen like, up and like get a job. <laughs> Sorry? Toughen up and get a yeah, job. Toughen up and, toughen up and get a job. <laughs> Um, but yeah, like, uh, I don't know, there was like this guy, this, he was like one of those really weird, like, neoliberal, like, rational, logical kind of people, and uh, he used to always, like, comment on the left-wing post critically with, like, this absurd stuff, and all the lyrics from that song are actually taken from things he said on Frio Matthews. Oh my god, really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is like a literal real person. Oh know, my like, god, that's brilliant. Yeah, and, like, maybe, like, I, I've kind of taken liberties at times, but, like, uh, yeah, that was, this is all... Old mate, um, <laughs> the guy. You know, so it makes it even funnier when it's like not even like fully satire. It's like this is what people think, you know. Yeah, but you get to you get to put it on stage, um, and um, yeah. as the song progresses, the vocals get more and more like mumbly and hard to even understand. Yeah, because like these people, like they don't really have much to say when you like when they get like. They get hell like talk about the left being like snowflakes and stuff. They just like, repeat they the same so, argument. Like, they get so triggered by like just like such like small stuff, and they just start ranting. You can't even like detect the meaning in some of the rants that come out. So I just imagine a guy sitting at his keyboard with like steam coming out of his ears, like. <laughs> 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 so that's like, that's exactly what they do. <laughs> yeah, literally. 
now you're touring with Plaster of Paris, who we love here on uh, Workers Power, and I, I also had them as that was my um, release of the year, actually, uh, Par- Plaster of Paris, and. Oh, um, awesome. We're, we're excited that uh, we had a bit to do with you forming this relationship. W- what are the links between the bands and, and what excites you about touring with Plaster of Paris? Well, yeah, firstly, like, uh, just personally as, as a band, like, the, the support we've got from Portugal Z has been, like, like phenomenal for years now. And, um, you know, it's, it's, I think we get played in, in Brisbane and Queensland more than we get played by RTR here in Turkey. <laughs> you definitely us. have a um, fan base over here. It's so cool. We can't wait to come and just, like, party with you all. Um, but, yeah, like, and, and just an extension of that, like, love from you guys. Like, you were able to connect us with Plaster of Paris. And, um, yeah, just a fantastic band. And just, uh, you know, yarning with a lot of the email. Um, our bass guitarist, Ray, has done most of that. So he'll have more, more details on, on all that. But just, like, following the email thread and, and knowing who they are as people, just, like so similar politically um, in our beliefs, our values, um, our ethos, and yeah, and just like musically as well, just like a really good pairing, a um, bit of disco polish with a bit of, you know, angry garage stuff, and I just think we, we work really well together. That's it, it, that's awesome, and it's going to be a great show. Like a, it's a double header, uh, in in the true sense of the word. And uh, so, so what are the dates, venues, and where can workers get tickets? I'm so glad. So just, I'm so glad we break because uh, during the break, I was like, oh, shit. I don't even know, like, uh, the dates and stuff. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I've, I've got you on speakerphone now so I can read off my phone. But uh, April 1, uh, we got, yeah, Plaster of Paris, Last Clocker, playing at the Outpost, um, which is in Brisbane. April 2 at 11 Dive Bar in Richardor. Um, both of those shows would tape off. Um, and... Also got in store at Sonic Sherpa as well on April three. Um, where can people get tickets? That is um, that is a good question. Where can workers get tickets? Uh, I don't know. That's uh, probably up to, to the Google guy to tell you because uh, uh, yeah, unfortunately, don't know the answer to that question. But I'm sure if you look at Last Cocker or Plaster of Paris on um, on Facey or have a Google, um, you'll be able to find links somewhere. Hell yeah! Yeah, there is a I'm link on. There is a link on your um, on your Facebook page, and it's through Mosh Dick. So, um, yeah, yeah. So, uh, and uh, they they be on sale now. I'm I'm going to put put the call out to the listeners. You better get in and get your tickets. I'm going to be. It's my payday, so I'm going to be buying a couple this They'll afternoon. Hook me up. Yes, we'll we'll we'll, we'll look after all, all the crew. Um, Yay. And uh, so, yeah, yeah punters are, are, are advised to get your tickets quick early because this will sell out. The the last one, the last two it did sell out. They just got cancelled. Uh, um, so, yeah, you must be really looking forward to uh, getting on that plane and, and, and getting back on the stage again. Yeah, hell yeah. Hearing, like, uh, yeah, you know, that things have sold out and last cocker and, like, hope, hoping this will. It's just, like, just crazy because that. Uh, I think we all still think we're just like a kind of wretched garage rock band that no one really listens <laughs> to. So <laughs> uh, it's just really exciting um, to get over there. And, you know, as I said, like the support base we've had in Brisbane um, has been like gobsmacking. So uh, I just can't wait to meet all the faces that, uh, all the names to all the faces that, faces to all the names that uh, 
talk to over the years and um yeah just have a boogie with you all and um yeah like go through mosh ticks before it sells out and you know if anyone is in a financial position where they're not able to pay for tickets but really want to be there feel free to shoot us a, a message as well because we want want the gigs to be accessible to everyone so that's fantastic up. All right. Is there is there anything that you would like to uh, let the four oh, triple I've got Z? A, oh, I've got, got a question. Go, yeah, yeah. Go. Yeah. Um, I I want to talk briefly about uh, the song Colony. Uh, yeah. Because obviously, one of the big political issues in Australia is um, Australia, uh, and yeah. and Colony talks about that, and it has this fantastic line: "We'll dispossess you back, you colonial trash." Um, <laughs> Can can you tell me about a, a bit about that song and why why uh, your band wrote it? Thanks. That's like my favorite lyric. My favorite, one of my favorite lines. Um, yeah, I guess like you know I've working you know in drug and alcohol um, and domestic violence for you know a decade. You know the you can see the impacts of colonization um, on First Nations people and like um, it's just like it's it's horrific um, and you know people. Um, you know, the Aboriginal people trying to um, get recovery um, from, say, drug and alcohol issues um, face, like, so many hurdles, like, like systemic racism every step of the way. And, um, you know, I just think, like, their, their struggle, um, A, for, for well-being, and then B, for, like, like, like sovereignty and, like, and freedom and, um, and healing. It's, it's a really um, an amazing struggle, you know, the fact that, First Nations, our, our Aboriginal people, our First Nations people, the longest continuing culture on the face of the earth, despite like 150, 200, 200 plus years of, of colonisation and 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 genocide is it's amazing that they're um, that they're fighting on. And you know, I've always said that the only path to reconciliation is is decolonisation. So, um, and that's kind of what it's all about is acknowledging that resistance, but also how we need to all resist colonial rule because um, England isn't, you know, isn't my motherland and um, it's not my commonwealth and um, we need to reject government completely um, if we're going to achieve reconciliation um, or even conciliation because, you know, it's Hell yes. It hasn't been conciliation to begin with and it clearly hasn't been. So, um, yeah, that's kind of where the song comes from, I guess. Awesome. That, that is good. Yeah. You Thank you so much for giving us all these lovely insights about the the thought that goes in behind uh, our favourite songs. Uh, particularly, it was very interesting to hear about the story behind Privilege. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. Um, yeah. So, if, um, that guy from Freya Massive, we'll call him, we'll just call him Tom, if he's, uh, if he's having a listen by any chance to the, uh, to the workers program, which I doubt he is. Um, just shout out to him. <laughs> shout yeah, out to you, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> so, have you got anything that you'd like to let the community know that we haven't discussed already? No, I think I think we've covered it all. I think um, you know, just to everyone out there, I know whether you're you know where whatever stage you're at with um, you know the world at the moment. We've got war going on. We've got pandemic. We've got the, the biggest. I could think apocalyptic issue facing humankind at the moment, which is climate change. Um, where, where you're at with that, like if you're feeling despair, you know, um, we're with you, and um, you've got you've got allies in that. And if you're feeling in, if you're in that kind of hope phase, and use that um, and tap into that to create change, whether it's you know small community DIY backyard gigs or 
or bigger um, uh, political direct action, um, get out and, and, and make a change and, and use your hope, but also, you know, let your despair fuel you to more hopeful times as well. And, you know, there's always going to be people with you, beside you um, in that. And, you know, be safe out there. Solidarity. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you thank so you. much for coming on. Um, you know, we really, really appreciate you taking the time out of, out of your, your busy schedule. <laughs> oh, we'll see you on April Fool's Day. And yes, we, yeah, we will that's see. That's right, yeah, yeah. We the whole see- tour is actually a joke. We're not coming. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't, do that. Yeah. don't do that to us. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> we're, we're, there's there's a lot of people really really looking forward to it. So um, we're we're really hyped here on Workers Power, and and a lot of people, a lot of um, you know workers here in uh, Brisbane are, are very very hyped to 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 see you. So uh, really looking forward to that April first. Um, thank it, you so much. Thank you, Trent. And uh, yes, uh, look forward to uh, seeing you on April first. Um, and I can't, I, we can't wait. And welcome back to uh, Workers Power here on Four Triple Z. Okay, uh, we we better uh, get on and um, r- report on what's what's happening around other events that are happening ar- around town. And uh, um, we, we've got uh, the uh, Secure are up to um, their usual organising feats. Um, so uh, they've got an event coming on. Um, uh, yeah. So the Southeast Queensland Union of Renters is. Uh, making is putting on an introduction event to like what is a tenant union what is secure what do they do um this will be on the 30th of march that's a wednesday at 6 p.m uh at the university of queensland in the mishi building room 211 uh so the the description for the event is having issues with your landlord or real estate or just interested in renters rights and tenants standing up for each other Come along to our introduction night where we will be discussing the horrendous conditions facing renters for Queensland and why tenant unionism is our best way of fighting back. All are welcome, just bring yourself. Right on, Wednesday 30th of March, 6pm, at UQ Michi Building, room 211. Yeah, so if you're listening at the start of the show about how the Secure is fighting back against little real estate for rights for renters and that sounds interesting to you or if the idea of a tenant just sounds interesting to you at all or if you just just at uq and you want something to do (laughs) yeah come and listen to some people who are standing up and fighting back for renters rights yeah it's it's really important for unions that as many people as possible get involved so they're as strong as possible and are able to fight back and win and from memory it's really cheap to be a member of that union it's not much at all, you know. So it's, it's a very, it's a minimal um, a monthly fee, and I'm sure that if you wanted to get involved, but you you know times are tough, I'm sure there'd be, uh, um, uh, you know, uh, things that they could do for you. Right. Well, that's uh, yeah. That looks like a great event. Uh, good introduction. Um, they're a good team there and good organisers. All right. The 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 next event that we we wanted to chat about is there's a book launch. Uh, this comes t- from our comrades at the Brisbane Labor History Association. So the long-awaited second volume of Stuart McIntyre's definitive history of the Australian Communist Party of Australia, covering its heyday in the 1940s to its uh, dissolution in 1991. 
Stuart McIntyre, A-O... F-A-H-A-F-A-S-S-A was Emeritus Laureate, Professor of History at the University of Melbourne. He was the author of many books, including A Concise History of Australia, The History Wars, Australia's Boldest Experiments, Glory Days, and The Reds, the Communist Party of Australia from Origins to Illegality. So the Brisbane launch of the party will be hosted by the Brisbane Labor History Association and the speakers are Bob Anderson, OAM, Patricia Hovey, Beth Gordon and Dr John Piccini. It's Saturday 19th of March. 1.30pm, Level 2, TLC Building, 16 Peel Street, South Brisbane. All right. So, um, yeah, yeah, head along. And, uh, you know, the Brisbane Labor History Association uh, uh, runs some, some great events and the like. Um, so get there and um, yeah, check it out. That'd be quite interesting. And, and also, we've been talking a bit about... Uh, the the Red North and the history of uh, the Communist Party in Australia. I'm sure, I'm sure we we'll have to try and organise Stuart to come onto the show. Yeah, the Communist Party are always coming up in our BLHA episodes. Uh, they've definitely had a massive impact on like the Australian revolutionary movements. Um, so it's a fascinating history, uh, definitely worth learning about. Right, so we're we're at the uh, end of another another show, or nearing the end of another show, and uh, and that means it's time for our world famous uh, scallywag of the week. Now, um, th- this week uh, is winner is um, and someone who's been a bit bit regular, and uh, may- maybe we should I- uh, exclude. All liberal leaders. <laughs> I know, mean, st- I'm up to just exclude politicians overall. I know, I know, I, I, I do get that, but they're uh, all such scallywags. They are all scallywags, and uh, yeah, they just do it so well. So uh, this week, the, the and and what I liked about this story was that it was about the union standing up for the community. Yeah, yeah, that's really good. It's be it's like a social responsibility beyond just the members of the union. It's a really great way to build solidarity among just the working class in general. Yeah. So um, yeah. So here's the media release. It was uh, this is from the RTBU uh, New South Wales, and it's where's the free travel? Rail workers demand premier compensates commuters for rail shutdown chaos. Rail workers are demanding the New South Wales government fulfills its promise to compensate commuters for its outrageous snap shutdown of the rail network last month, urging the Premier to make travel free on Fridays until June to repay the millions of commuters it left stranded. In a letter to Dominic Perrottet, the RTBU New South Wales warned that the public has not forgotten the government's promise to reduce fares to make up for its action on 21st of February and that workers will step in if the government refuses to compensate the travelling public. Hell yeah! You can just shut down a railway with no notice whatsoever, falsely accuse workers of being behind it and then just hope everyone just forgets it. I should put you. You can't. They can't just shut it down. Um, said that's what uh, RTBU New South Wales Secretary Alex K- 
Classens uh, said, and he went on, the New South Wales government said it would look into giving commuters free rail travel as a way of saying sorry for their appalling actions, but since then we've heard nothing. Giving commuters free trips as compensation for the huge inconvenience the government causes them is the absolute least people deserve. This shameless duplicity is typical of this government's disrespect and incompetence when it comes to transport. The Premier tells one story to the media, then does the exact opposite behind closed doors. But commuters haven't forgotten about his government's attack on our rail network, nor have the workers who were on the receiving end of malicious lies and accusations from both state and federal ministers who tried to blame them for the New South Wales government's mess. The the union also reminded the Premier his government still hasn't offered to resolve the remaining safety measures rail workers requested for their new enterprise agreement. The claims were submitted in June 2021, but rail workers have repeatedly been forced to take industrial action to get a response from the government. It's time Dominic Perrottet was uh, true to his word. We want to see the New South Wales government deliver a fair free Friday every week until the end of June, said Mr Clarkson. If Perrottet refuses, rail workers will resort to industrial action that forces the government to provide it. Hell yeah. That is exciting. That is, you know, that's great, you know, hearing the the union uh, standing up for workers. So, uh, workers are are still waiting on offers uh, from the government to resolve basic safety claims that were made nine months ago. You know, they're, they're, for all of those reasons, um, this week's scallywag of the week is a New South Wales Premier, Dominic Peritetz. Um Yeah, give, give, look after workers' safety and uh, look after workers, uh, uh, compensate them for causing chaos last month and give them some free rail travel. Dominic Peritet, more like dickhead Peritet. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that, it's, it's pretty shameful of a government to just say... They're not asking much. To, to, to just, like, launch a, like, um, a, a, what do you call them, a slander campaign against the union like that. They mess up, they get called out, and they try to apologise, and then they just, they say they're going to apologise through their actions, and then they just don't. It's... Yeah, and now of course the union has to take them, take take the fight to them again to actually get an um, an apology for the appalling actions of the government here. Shame on them. And to put this in perspective, the amount of money that um, rail services spend on um, stopping fare evaders is about the same amount of money they make from fare travel. <laughs> so. Literally, if they if they didn't uh, pay, you know, like train cops to go along and catch people for fare evading, and they just made fares free, it really wouldn't change their profits. Yeah, there is a ridiculous amount of infrastructure that goes into they, all this fare stuff, like all yeah, these gates and the all gates, the online infrastructure and all that. You know, and, and like having people to 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 check and catch you if you if you're fare evading. When if they just made it free. Um, it would it would 
It would, it would be the same yeah, money. Exactly the same, except workers would get more money. Yes, and, and no one would get caught for yeah. fair evading because no one would need to fair evade. So yeah, it, they're really asking for nothing. <laughs> And the government won't even do it, so... I'm a big, big, big fan of free rail travel. Have been for many decades. Look, the train's going there anyway. Just give me a lift, mate. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Look, uh, public transport should be free um, in, 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 in a modern world city, you know, like all the productivity increases we've had over the years. And uh, as Calypso said there, that, uh, um, you know, they, they're, they're spending just as much... Uh, on fare evasion is what they're collecting in fares. So, uh, um, and they 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 only collect like a ridiculous. It's like it's only it, 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 it's it's a, it's a very small amount. Like I'm talking twenty to ten to twenty percent of a revenue of, of um, the the, the, uh, the the city network yeah. is from fares. So about Most of it's over advertising. Eight, yeah, over eighty percent is 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 from government funding. The the government pays for it. So taxpayers, anyhow, you know. So um, it's it's not a big jump, as you were alluding to as well. Yeah. It's not that huge a bit a financial imposition to make train uh, train train travel or public transport free uh, for. They all. could just do it. And they do it sometimes. They've done it before. Yep. Every now and again, they'll just have a free fair day for whatever reason. They could just do it every day. What it does do, though, is funnel money towards uh, the car industry, car and roads and petrol and all that stuff. That's right. That's right. Right, well, um, we're good on the RTBU for uh, standing up for the community there and uh, campaigning. Uh, and uh, I just want to note that they've done a really, really good, all the way through this campaign, the RTB New South Wales branch, yeah, have done true. very, very well at uh, bringing the community along with them on, on in this campaign Damn and in this struggle. All right, well, that's it for a, a fantastic episode of uh, Workers' Power for another week. Um, we will uh, uh, close out. Stay tuned for Brisbane Line. Yeah, stay, stick around for Brisbane Lines, and we will see you next Tuesday here on Workers' Power see on you next Port Tuesday. Triple Z.